Good morning, church. So good to see all of you today. Um, happy Mother's Day. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I know. It's a shocker. Um, I will say this. Okay, so I found out recently... I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell this, but it was in a magazine article and you can read it yourself. So I found out recently that there are pastors who have like a whole team of people who help them write their sermons. And I found that out because one of our friends, who's a very incredibly gifted pastor, is hired by another church to help. Am I allowed to tell this? Okay. Well, (laughs) anyway... Aaron does not have that. (laughs) So he's really good. And I just want to tell you that if my sermon is any good today, just know that I wrote it all by myself. If if it's no good, it's Aaron's fault. (laughs) So just let you decide later. Um, Okay, so I was really having a hard time trying to figure out what to what to call this sermon. I had my illustrations. I had my scriptures. The points in the title were really eluding me. So I landed on staying in tune with Jesus. You can go ahead and put that up there, Jerry. But after I read the scripture, you'll see I had another, another one in, in mind. But let's stand right now if you're able. We'll read the word. That's always a great way to start. Amen. Um, and let's just pray while we're standing. Sorry about that. Father, thank you so much. God, you are good. You know, you know, your people, you know, these people right here, the people watching online, you know them intimately and you know what they need today. You know what they need to hear. You know them And God, I just pray that you would get everything else out of the way today. You would give me the words to say, and you would give them the ears to hear. Let it settle in our hearts today, God, as we learn to know you and love you more. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture today is John 10, 1 through 5, and then also 12 through 14. Now, what's interesting about this, I had no idea what song Aubrey was going to pick to do today. Not a clue. And for weeks, I have been chewing on this because I knew that Aaron had asked me to speak. And even I had gone to lunch with Mara, and we were at Chocolate Covered Strawberry, and I was telling her some of this stuff. So that is God. That is God that he knew what songs we were going to sing today and then already what scripture too. Like that is cool. Okay. So John 10, starting with verse one says, truly, I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. 
on verse 12, it says the hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. This is the word of the Lord. I forgot to tell you to say that, but you knew, you knew to say that. So yeah, so the title is staying in tune with Jesus because I do love sports, but not everything in my life revolves around them. I'm a music girl. Okay. So, so mostly when I read scripture and I think of how to relate that to real life, it just relates to something musical in my life. But also when I read that last verse, I know my own and my own know me. I thought I could have called it Jesus. I know him. But we're not even truly technically into fall yet. And I don't, I don't agree with jumping into Christmas before fall. 2020 is wackadoodle, but we are going to keep fall, fall. Okay. We're going to have Thanksgiving first. All right. So thank you. Somebody agrees with me. All right. So now I love the symphony. Okay. And Aaron and I love going to the Nashville symphony. We had, um, Somebody asked me what would be a great gift to get get him, and I said, why don't you get him symphony tickets? <laughs> because I like it. But um, <laughs> but also because he needs to be cultured, and it makes him a better pastor. And so um, so when we were in London, even, like, I, there's some classical songs that are just, like, they make me weep. And when we were in London, I, I saw that the uh, Royal Philharmonic was going to be playing my favorite, my absolute favorite piano concerto, Rachmaninoff's something. I can't remember it right now. <laughs> it's my favorite. And, um, and I was like, the tickets were really cheap. And I was like, let's do this. Let's go. We're in London. We can, we can hear this and I'll cry and it'll be great. So I bought the tickets. And then about 30 minutes before the concert started, I noticed wait a minute. I put the address in and I was like, why is it 30 minutes away? And it was in a little town called High Wycombe that you've probably never heard of. We had to go get on a train, go 30 minutes outside the city. We missed the whole like first little part, which wasn't the song that I wanted to hear any or the the, um, concerto that I wanted to hear. But right as we sat in the seat and you know how like when you've run like from the train station and you're trying not to let everybody around you know that you're incredibly out of shape and you're like, like trying to breathe really quietly. It was not working. And this old man beside me was like, and he's like, honey, are you okay? And I'm like, it's just beautiful. And it's like, uh, yeah. So that's what happened to us there. Then another time, um, actually Mike and Nita had given us tickets to the symphony and we were sitting on the seventh row and, um, they were going to be playing, um, Beethoven's something. And I mean, I am such a classical fan, let me tell you, but, um, I'm a little nervous. So, but the, the first song that they did was Wagner's Siegfried Edel. And what it is, he wrote this song for his wife and he surprised her when she came downstairs on her birthday, he had a little, um, orchestra ensemble there and they played this song for her. So they told this story before they played the song. And then, so the conductor is standing up there and all the eyes are on him and he just barely like, 
He just barely went like that. And they just started playing the most beautiful. It was just so tender. It was so precious. It was so in sync. I can't even begin to tell you. And I just started crying. And Aaron is like, my gosh, I can't take her anywhere, you know? And so, but he's smooth because the next, in our old house, we had stairs, like our bedroom was upstairs and he would go downstairs with our little Bluetooth speaker. And as I would walk down the stairs, he would play that song for me. (laughs) Brownie points. Now we don't have stairs. I don't get the song anymore, whatever. Um, And then we went to see Violins of Hope, and they had brought in violins from Holocaust survivors. It it was incredible, okay? And and they were doing a recording, and um, and they they were doing a recording that night, so I felt very, very honored to be there. But they also did Barber's um, Adagio for Strings. I don't know if you've ever heard. If you've ever seen the movie Full Metal Jacket, um, it was like when a lot of people are getting killed, they were playing this song because this is really like heart-wrenching. But during during this song, I mean, like, shocker, I was crying. But it was just like, it was like this holy moment. There, there was something that was happening. It was a sacred thing of like all of these instruments playing together, but the emotion that was going in the air. And this, I, I saw this TED Talk by Charles Hazelwood. He's a, is a very renowned conductor. And he was saying that in the early days when he first started conducting, he would just even to get the orchestra to swell a little bit, he would gesticulate wildly trying to get them to follow him. And and they just, it was just a mess, you know, like they just weren't, they weren't following him. But he said that something bizarre happened that like after a while, after a good long while, thank God they kept him. But after they got to know one another, his, his motions were so minute that sometimes it was like they were reading his mind and he could even just with a facial expression, he could get them to do what he needed them to do. That's us with Jesus. That's us with God. When you know him and he knows you, it doesn't have to be this earthquake. It doesn't have to be a burning bush or he doesn't have to come knocking out. He does sometimes, you know, he does. But it doesn't have to be that way when we know him. So how do we stay in tune with Jesus. I think about, um, really what started this whole thing was, um, come thou fount that, that hymn. And when it says tune my heart to sing your praise, like tune me up, God, I want to, I want to, I want to be with you. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be my own tune. I want to be in tune with you. So the number one, how do we stay in tune with Jesus? We trust the conductor. Okay. I love Matthew 11, uh, 38 through 30, but I love it. 38 through 30, 28 through 30 typo. Um, I love Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the message. And if we can just put that up there, it says, are you tired, worn out? Yeah. (laughs) Burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch 
how I do it. And this is my favorite. I used to have this as my screensaver on my phone. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Next slide. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And that's the one where it's like my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When I think about that term, unforced rhythms of grace, I just want to go, like nothing is forced. We're in sync with God. I, in my middle age, I crave simplicity and peace. That wasn't always the case. Like growing up, you know, I really wanted to be a star (laughs) and um, I wanted to be on Broadway or I wanted to be in front of lots of people. I wanted to be in the spotlight and I kind of craved and thrived on the stress and the energy of that, of like learning your lines and having to perform it or what's going to happen that day, that night on, you know, during that performance. Um, that was how I rolled, you know, but now I've raised two thirds of my kids. Um, they're doing well. Um, and I'm really into growing plants. <laughs> like that's my new thing. I buy one every single time I go out. Don't I? I'm sorry. Um, he has one on his desk now. You can swing by and see it. It's really cute. Um, but the thing that Aaron and I do, like we, we are almost empty nesters. So the thing that we do is we like to sit around and watch our cat <laughs> and watch our, see, I got my cat and my plants right in there. Um, <laughs> You can take her. Hi, kitty. You can take her off. But no, for real, he will tell you that he didn't want this cat. And he will tell you that he doesn't like this cat. He is lying. He is lying. In fact, I wish I, I wish I had this picture. I'll put it on, I'll put it on social media this week. But, um, we went to Ross and I really wanted this, this blanket because you can never have too many blankets. Right. And it was big and soft and we, he wasn't going to, he was like, he was just giving me a hard time. So I was like, fine, I won't get the blanket. But then this other pastor friend of ours was there and he was like, Aaron, get the blanket. Like, like you can never have too many blankets. They get gross and stuff. You need a new one. So we got the blanket the next day I came downstairs he was, he had the, he was sitting in that blue chair. Y'all remember the blue chair, right? He was sitting in the blue chair. He had the blanket on him and the cat in his lap. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad that we got the cat and the blanket. But it's like, no matter, no matter what that cat does, I mean, she can be like curled up like a pretzel and we're like, oh, she's so cute. Oh my gosh. She's like eating a rabbit outside and we're like, She's so savage. We love it. Okay. So (laughs) anyway, okay, let's read the word again. Um, Colossians, (laughs) Colossians 3, 15 says this, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Okay. And cultivate thankfulness. Have you ever been to a middle school band concert? That's kind of like what I envision when I read that. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Now, I will say KDDC, their band rocks. Uh, Lincoln was in that one year, and I went expecting disaster, and it was good. It was really, really good. 
but there was like, there was the concert band, and then there was like the other band of kids that just really needed an elective, and so they were in this band, and um, the poor conductor, I mean, you know, the director was just, uh, and there were some kids that were like waving at their parents and stuff like that, so that's kind of like what we are like when we are not trusting the conductor, when we are not living unforced rhythms of grace, okay? Does that make sense? Is that jive in with anybody? All right. There was actually, just a, the last part of the symphony analogy, there was an experiment that the University of Maryland did, and if you think that you don't need a leader, like you think that you don't need a shepherd, or you don't need Jesus, you don't need God, this is a little experiment that will tell you that you actually do. So they put infrared points on the end of the conductor's baton, and then they put infrared points on the end of the um, bows for the stringed instruments. And they had two different, and then they put like infrared cameras all around the, the symphony hall, and they recorded. And they had some people sit in the audience, and they listened to two different um, performances. One was by the conductor that they all knew and the conductor that was very um, experienced. Then they did a song that another conductor that they didn't know that was less experienced, he was an amateur, did. Now, even though these, these musicians were excellent at what they did, and even though these musicians knew this music backwards and forwards, when they, when they polled the audience and they said, which one was more pleasing to you? They said, well, it was this one. And they didn't know the difference. They didn't know what was happening. This was like a blind experiment. They were like, well, the first song was just better. It just, I don't know. It was just better. So then they ran the, um, they ran the data. And it turns out that on the one with the conductor, uh, the experienced conductor who they knew there was almost no perceptible difference in his baton and in their the string the whatever the bowing of their bow. I don't know what you call it. I'm so good at classical music. Um, <laughs> okay, so it, I just I just think that we do better <laughs> when we are with a God that we trust. So who in here under the age of twenty remembers? Tuning a car radio to try and pick up your favorite station while traveling. Under the age of 20, sir. <laughs> Anybody? No, I didn't think so. Okay. But if you're like me, and um, back in the good old days, when we would travel, you would just furiously turn that dial, and you would try to pick up a station, Right. Well, God bless my sister's hearts. My two sisters, Debbie and Mona, they came to the Louisville airport to pick up Aaron and I. I think the year was like 2000 because we didn't have Abby yet, but we were married and we were living in Texas. So had to be 2000. Um, they came to pick us up from the Louisville airport because it was cheaper to fly there than Lexington, even though Lexington was closer to my home. And um, just so happens my sister Debbie is the biggest UK basketball fan or football, any sport really, on the earth. Do not fight me on this, okay? She is the biggest. It also just so happens that there was a huge game that day. Oops. But she came to pick me up, her and Mona. So Aaron and I were in the back seat. 
And as we're driving from Louisville, she's trying to get this station in with the game, okay? So you can hear, you can hear the game one minute, and then all of a sudden in came this techno music, bleeding in, interfering (laughs) with the game. And my sister Mona, who does not care about sports at all, She's really good. She's so, they're both so sweet. I have the best sisters in the world. But <laughs> when that music would come in, she would look over at my sister, because my sister and I were like, what? Come back. And she would be like, <laughs> you know, she was just like taunting my sister. And then the game would come back in, and we were like, okay, all right, all right. What's happening? And then again, and she's like, okay. So it was just, it was infuriating to us, but instead of me telling you about it, what I said, it was just kind of They're on the shot clock. Langdon. Oh, not on a good the shot. run. Right in the arms of Evans. Bad possession by Duke University there. Do y'all know this lady? She's a trip. And then we kind of looked like this. What a furious rally. It was 71 54 nine and a half to go. Like 71 to 50 something. 31 to 10 since that time. The cloud. Three got it. Six seconds to go. It's down to one. Avery crossed the midcourt strike. Puts it up. Kentucky's going to the final four. Yeah, I just had to put that in there. We went to the final four. Okay. Honestly, that wasn't the game. I couldn't remember what game it was, but I thought if I'm going to pick one, it's going to be one where we kick Duke's tail. Okay? Because I'm in charge right now. (laughs) All right. So my point is, the point of this is number two. We're only on point number two. Um, The further you get from the source, the more interference you'll have in the signal. If you don't know anything about radio, that probably doesn't make as much sense to you. But hopefully that video helped. But the closer we got to Lexington, the more that station came in. And we got to hear the game that we wanted to hear. You have to stay close. John fifteen four says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you. And that's Jesus talking. Neither can you unless you remain in me. Do you want to produce good fruit? Do you want to be full of peace? Do you want to live in harmony with one another? Stay close. Stay close. Number three is choose your source wisely. Now, I'm about to throw a bunch of scripture at you. And I just recommend that later on today, when you have some quiet time, just read all of Ezekiel 34. It is incredible. Old Testament prophesying the coming of the good shepherd, that there is a good shepherd coming. But clearly, they were struggling with bad shepherds even back then, like we are today. There are bad shepherds out there. And do you know how you tell, like, a bad shepherd from a good shepherd? A bad shepherd just kind of gets a thrill from being followed. They're in it 
for the money is what John 10 says. They're in it for the money. But a good shepherd puts the flock first. So if we read in Ezekiel 34, 2 through 6, it says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Shouldn't the shepherds feed their flock? You have not strengthened the weak, healed the sick, bandaged the injured, brought back the strays, or sought the lost. Instead, you have ruled them with violence and cruelty. Violence and cruelty, that's a good, that's a good, um, clue that that's a bad shepherd. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd. They became food for all the wild animals when they were scattered. And lastly, my flock went astray on all the mountains and every high hill. The flock went astray and that those shepherds did not go after them. My flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth and there was no one searching or seeking for seeking for them. In contrast, later on in Ezekiel um, 34, we have verses 15 and 16, and we'll just kind of fly through these. I will tend my flock and let them lie down. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured, and strengthen the weak, but I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will shepherd them with justice. I will make them in the area around my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in their season. They will be showers of blessing. They will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them and that they, the house of Israel, are my people. This is the declaration of the Lord God. You are my flock, the human flock of my pasture, and I am your God. That is good news right there. This is the declaration of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Um, so, Aubrey, if you can come on up. I've asked Aubrey to do a little illustration. God bless him. I texted him at 730 last night. I've been thinking about this a long time, but I thought I would do better if I just sprung it on him at the last minute. So... <laughs> All right, so got an acoustic guitar. Now with an acoustic guitar, you start out, you have six strings. Am I right? He's going to confirm or deny. We have six strings. We have E, A, D, G, B, E. Now if you have a tuner, then you can just take each string individually and you can, you can make sure that each one, and you can kind of tweak it and make sure that each string is in tune. If you don't have a tuner, and you know that your top string is in tune, right? Then you can tune all the other strings to that, correctly? Okay, correct? I mean, correctly, correct. Okay, so, Aubrey, just give us a good strum there. Beautiful, right? If you have perfect pitch, just go to the bathroom right now, okay? If you are tone deaf, you probably want to just take a nap because you're not going to get any of this. Okay, so... He is going to play a G chord. Okay? Now, and look at, show him your fingers. Go up there. Okay? Now, now we're going to pick up an, an exact same guitar. Okay? 
acoustic guitar, all right? Okay, we're going to mic it up. Now, again, just give it a good strum. Don't, don't play the G. Just give it a good strum. Okay. <laughs> now play a G. <laughs> what? But if you wanted to, you could take that top string, right? And you could tune, no matter what that string is, you could tune all those others to it, correct? Yeah, just do that real quick. Okay. <laughs> so here's my point. You can have something that looks exactly like the real thing and maybe sounds like the real thing if it was tuned to the to the top string, okay? And the, the fingers can all look exactly like they're supposed to. But it not right. It's not real. How are we doing back there? <laughs> oh, well, we miscommunicated. Okay. Well, let's talk about Judges 12 for a moment. So in Judges 12, and you can go read this for yourself too. This is a bizarre story. The Old Testament, y'all, mm, you need some gumption <laughs> to get through it sometimes. Am I right? So in Judges 12, um, Ephraim, the tribe of Ephraim had been practically harassing the tribe of Jephthah. We're going to call him Jep because I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing that correctly. So Jep had just defeated um, someone else. And then Ephraim was really mad because they wanted in on that action. Okay. But they had harassed and harassed and harassed Jep till finally they were like, you know what? We're just going to defeat them, and then we're not going to let them come over the river. But then they were trying to sneak over and come over onto that side. And it says in the Bible that Jep and his tribe and his people, his army, just to make sure that they knew who was with them and who was not, they would say, say Shibboleth, okay? Say Shibboleth, and we'll know. Because the thing is, the people from Ephraim, they could not say their SHs. So when they would say it, it would come out as Sibboleth. And as soon as they heard that, they killed them because they were the enemy. Now, Shibboleth and Sibboleth are really similar, aren't they? And you might not, you might not pay attention. You might not know. Those people are not with us. They're here to overthrow us. So it isn't always like someone that looks like a Satanist. It isn't always someone who looks like your enemy that is a bad shepherd. It could just be like a very minute detail. It could be that your strings are not tuned to E. Let's just say Jesus is E, okay? He's he's the, that top string. But somebody else has a guitar that's tuned to something else, and they're playing the G, but it just does not match up. We have got to be wise. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. 
as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. When I, when I read that scripture, it makes me think we need to be looking at people's long-term fruit. Okay. We can't just cancel people out because of one mistake. We all make mistakes. I would hope to high heavens that I look completely different than I did 15 years ago. I hope that I have grown. I hope that I have refined certain areas of my life and that they look completely different the longer that I walk with God. But if I have a pattern, if I have a pattern of abuse, if I have a pattern in my life of hurting people, if I have a pattern of pride, of drawing people to myself and not to God, then I'm a bad shepherd. I'm not good. But you can look at someone's long-term fruit. And I know, I know I'm his wife, but he has good fruit. You know, like I live with him <laughs> and I like him. Like he's a, he's a good guy. There is, there is consistency there. And there is, there is a trust that I can put in him. If, even if I, even if I didn't work here or I wasn't married to him, I would, I would go to church here because I get fed the word. I don't, I don't get caught up in a personality or I don't get caught up in a celebrity culture or something like that, which honestly nauseates me in the church. I mean, there's a place for celebrities, but this ain't it. So I'll leave you with, I'll leave you with this point four. First comes trust, then comes a song of celebration. First comes the trust. You have to trust that conductor. Then you can play your song. Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates. And I give thanks to him with my song. So just notice that. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. You could say my heart is tuned to him. Put that back up there, sorry. Therefore, so that word therefore tells us something happened first, okay? So like my heart trusts in him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates and I give thanks to him with my song. Amen. That is good. That is good. We do not have to be afraid that we're getting led down the wrong path. Certainly, that's out there. In John 10, 10, I think, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's there. He's trying to get us. But he can't. He cannot. We know the shepherd, and the shepherd knows us. He knows us. He knows us, and he loves us, and he leads us, and he redeems us, and he forgives us, and he renews our faith every morning. I'll just uh, end with a blessing. 
as Aubrey makes his way up. And Aaron, I mean, if you want to come up and say, do you have is something burning in your heart? Do you want to clean up anything I've said? <laughs> if y'all remember the last time I preached here a year ago, well, no, that was, I preached on Mother's Day. But then before that, um, and he literally said to me, don't worry about it. I'll come up and clean it up, whatever you say. <laughs> he honest to goodness did. <sighs> good thing he's cute okay (laughs) but I believe you hold on I've got two sets of notes up here but we're gonna be out on time yeah 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 communion yeah so we have communion in the in the lobby if you if you meant to if you meant to get that you can go get that but I'm gonna just read this blessing over you it's from Hebrews 13 we read verse 7 earlier But this is going to be verses 20 and 21. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever Amen. And in the message it says, May God who put all thing who puts all things together, makes all things whole, who made a lasting mark through the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of blood that sealed the eternal covenant, who led Jesus our great shepherd up and alive from the dead, now put you together, provide you with everything you need to please him. Make us into what gives him most pleasure by means of the sacrifice of Jesus, the Messiah. All glory to Jesus forever and always. Amen. Amen.